Hello, photography lovers. You are listening to the Fashion Photography Podcast, and I'm your host, the fashion advertising photographer, Virginia Yancheva. It's time for the last part of our interview with the amazing makeup artist, Sophia Gunne. Today, she's going to reveal in front of us her future plans. Also, there are some very, very valuable lessons that she already learned, and now she has the opportunity to share them with us. Keep listening to this podcast because in just a few seconds, you hear some amazing tips. Are you going to attend the Fashion Week this year? I don't think I'll go to Milan just because I'm just not super sure about it. So for Milan, I'm probably not going to go. But for Paris, I'm pretty sure that I'll, I'll be going maybe for a few days, maybe for the whole week. I'll just have to see. It's very close, but I still don't know. It's very funny. I'll probably have to take the night bus again. <laughs> Honestly, this is killing me how people can schedule stuff at the very last minute. Some clients are trying this. I know, I know. And I'm going crazy. I don't think that this is normal. This is wrong, guys. You need to schedule. Really? <laughs> I think in London, it's more extreme even. I had very big shoots and magazine editorials and that stuff coming up the day before. That's crazy. It's crazy. And what should I do? There's nothing you can do. You just have to nothing. go with it. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately, it just works that way. I hate it. I think there true. is nothing that you can do, but I think mm. there is something that photographers can do. Because if we are teaching our clients to schedule they will if we refuse to shoot of course there is another photographer another photographer and that's okay but if the other photographer is also refusing for the same reason well then the client is going to sense that they're doing something wrong yeah but the thing is usually what happens when you say i'm really sorry you have to schedule and do that a little bit longer than two days before yeah there is another one who is going to take the job Exactly. And that happens all the time. And it's a huge issue we have to deal with. But I had shoots coming up and they had to change the dates because of me, because they wanted to work with me. So that happens as well sometimes. You're so positive. Yeah, I'm not positive. I'm just trying to make the best out of it. And to think about the best stuff. Exactly. You just have to go with it. And sometimes I can't make it if it's very like last minute, of course, but sometimes it works out for me. Yeah, but this is a learning show. So guys, if you want me to teach you something, just freaking plan. <laughs> oh, yes. Though I absolutely agree with you, Sophie. That is the fact and that is the reality. But if we try, we can schedule, guys. Just say to the client, tell me a week before that, no, the day before that. By the way, I've said to clients this. I've told them that my process is working like that and this is guaranteeing me that everything during the shoot and the final result is going to be mm -hmm. the way it should be. Because my team and I, we have scheduled everything. For example, one of my clients wanted to shoot on Sunday and they decided what they wanted to on Friday. So I had no time mm -hmm. to book the equipment. I went crazy for this shoot. So I did it and the client was like, you see, it's all good. We made it. And I was like, no, we did not made it. It wasn't luck. It was my experience because I've been doing this for 10 years, but mm. it cost me all of my nerves. So I'm not repeating oh, this absolutely. again. And if you want to shoot with me again, you have to know that you need to schedule. 
I think we are the people who can shift that. I hope that's something that we all have to improve in, in this industry because it's a huge issue for everyone, I think. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I think for me it works because I'm young and I, you know, I don't really care about my schedules and stuff. But I feel like when you get older and older and older, you want to have your constant schedules and everything. I feel like it will become even more annoying. You did a great job. Now everyone knows that I'm really old, old, old. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stop it. I agree with you, but I think it's not just about the age. I think it's your, your schedule overall. Because as far as you go in this industry, the better you become, the more things you can say to the client. Because in the beginning, you're the person who is just accepting You're giving ideas, mm -hmm. but if your client tells you that they want pink lipstick, you're going to do this because it's your client. And in the end of the day, mm -hmm. he or she, they're paying. But when you become better and better and better, people are starting to reschedule their calendars because you had some work to do, right? Like in your case. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then you mm -hmm. need to schedule because if there is a second client who wants to shoot with you, but it's on the same date that the previous client have rescheduled already because of you, it's going to become a problem. And that's exactly the reason why we need to make plans along with our clients. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I'm not sure that this is that much depending on the makeup artist because mm -hmm. most of the time you're the people that the photographer can recommend or the clients want mm -hmm. to shoot with. But most of the times, you know, the first person a client is speaking is probably the photographer. Yeah, most of the time it's our fault. But another thing that happens very often, and it is a mistake of the production company or the photographer, whoever's in charge of, mm -hmm. usually hair and makeup or nail technicians are the last people you think of yeah. on set. So last week I had to assist uh, for Netta Portier. It's very funny because they had a very, very big budget for everything. Mm -hmm. But then because makeup was the last thing they were thinking of, so pretty much they gave all their budget for other things and we had to work with very little budget. Unfortunately, it works like that and I hate it. <laughs> I wish there was something we can do. Usually when it's a beauty shoot, it's a little bit different because then, of course, yeah, it's on the face. You're directing it. <laughs> exactly. But when it's fashion story, most of the time they just they just forget about it. And then they're like, oh, wait a minute, we have to have a makeup artist. And then that's how it usually works where they just called you the day before and are like, oh, wait, can you make it? And I mean, what, what do you want to say to such a big company? <laughs> True. How do you want to teach them? It's a little bit tricky. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the sickness of the 21st century society because there is mm -hmm. always someone else who can do it. Oh, yeah, definitely. We live in a very fast world. But as we can see, there are big companies and it's so, so much easier to approach now than a few years ago, thanks to this fast industry and this moving society. So mm -hmm. it's not that bad. Like you said, there's always a good side to everything bad. I agree. Exactly. You just have to make the best out of it. And you're talking about some positive stuff. And I was wondering, how do you get inspired? Because for many people, it's hard to get inspired when they were thinking only about some bad stuff. And you're definitely not this type. I do get inspired by everything I see, really. 
But do you have some websites maybe that you're using more often or maybe social media? To be honest, it's just the outside world. <laughs> That's cool. If I'm on the bus, instead of just reading something, which is great too, but I just watch people. I like sitting on a shop and just watch people walking by and sometimes they have weird and horrible makeup and that's how I'm like, oh wait, we can do something. <laughs> Or sometimes I see clothes. Usually clothes inspire me a lot. Textures, patterns, everything planned. I'm just very, I'm a very spongy type of person. So I just soak everything that I can get all the knowledge I want to have it and yeah that's just really it sometimes of course I go on Pinterest Instagram if it's something I'm looking for but I'm not someone who would say oh I want to get inspired and then I go on an app and look for things that inspire mm -hmm. me I, it's just it just happens it's a very natural progress I think you just have to let it happen you can't really force it at least I yeah. can't I don't think anyone can Maybe there are some patterns on how to be more creative, but to get inspired, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to work if you're not that type of person. Exactly. I just think you just have to be open-minded and just look at your surroundings. There's so many people, even at the room I'm inside, I'm looking at the walls. I look outside of the window. What's outside? What can I see? What colors do I see? What pattern do I see? And that's how I how I usually get my things. To be fair, I'm not a very super creative makeup artist where I'm, I'm not doing the really crazy Isamaya French things. Sometimes I do them, but usually not that common. When I do direct something, which happens quite often on beauty shoots, as you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I just try to see everything and think of something, think of a concept or even problems when something bothers me. <laughs> Well, that's cool. I just want to say for the people who don't feel that inspired by everything, that this is also okay. As long as you surround yourself with people that are constantly inspired, just like Sophie. <laughs> yeah, it is true. And also, there is this moment when you're a very inspired person. Because I can say for myself that I can see inspiration in everything. Mm -hmm. And I don't need a book or a certain app, like you said, to be inspired. I really like to observe stuff. Yes. But for example, when you're working with other creators, the moment we work together, I remember you were really directing the beauty and I let you do this. And mm -hmm. it's not about letting someone do something, but most of the times when I'm shooting with other makeup artists, I'm directing the beauty shoot. Mm -hmm. And in this moment, I just saw that you're capable of doing this. And it was mm. very easy because it was like a synthesis. It wasn't just you directing and doing everything and just carrying the yes. shoot. It was a conversation. It was mm -hmm. um, just, we were exchanging ideas. And I love that. Exactly. Because it's bringing mm. me more inspiration. When you're surrounded by people who just who are just listening to your ideas and they're mm -hmm. not giving anything from themselves, it's kind of disappointing. So I Absolutely. think it's very important to find the right people. And you don't have to stick to just one team. I truly believe that. But mm -hmm. to make sure that you have those two or three people, a stylist and a makeup artist, that you'll be constantly happy and calm to call and to ask for a shoot, even if it's mm -hmm. just a shoot for your portfolio, just to have some fun, because I think this is mm -hmm. very inspiring.
when you work with oh, other yeah. creatives that are sharing. That's so true. I just think that photo shoots in general are just a process of everyone working together. So sometimes when I do direct beauty shoots, which happened to when we were working together, mm -hmm. It happened to us as well. I was running out of ideas and I wasn't sure about posings. And, and then you came and you were like, well, we can do this and this and this. And, you know, it's just like everyone has to come together and work Absolutely. together. And it's not only one human who can do it. Like, you just have to do it together. And especially with beauty shoots, sometimes photographers don't like to let the makeup artist direct the shoot. Yeah, what we're actually supposed to do, which I don't understand because just let them have it. Let them give it a try. And maybe not everyone can do it, but it's their work and they know in which angle and what light you can make it look better. Yeah, guys, if you're way too possessive, you can at least listen to ideas because, okay, I'm a girl, so we can <laughs> confirm that. So I'm a girl. Yes. <laughs> I'm also a photographer, but I cannot do my makeup. I'm really horrible at this. <laughs> yeah, for real. But I do have a visual culture, a very rich one, I would say. And mm -hmm. I can come up with some ideas, but be sure about this. A makeup artist can come up with much better ideas. So if you guys are too possessive, just listen to their ideas as makeup artists. Don't tell them that you yeah. want a straight line when they think it's going to be better if it's curvy. Just listen to us for once. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Sophie, can you help also to the makeup artists and the photographers? Can you share with us what are the other things that can make a great team? Okay, let's start from the beginning. Always be nice to each other and kind. True, yeah, <laughs> that's very important. Always be helpful and on time. On time is so important. So it's just, important. It's key. Yeah. It's key. We don't want to lose and waste our time waiting for someone for an hour to come out. So, yeah, those are the things that I think are very obvious. But for some people, maybe not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Mm -hmm. As a makeup artist, don't just sit there in your little room and wait for it to be over. Stand next to the photographer. See if you can help. reason why photographers really like to work with me, and that's true, is because I'm always there. I'm always helpful. And I'm always looking for things that I can hold or do. Sometimes I have to do the wind. Sometimes I have to help with the lightning. Sometimes I have to hold cameras. And sometimes there are five cameras that I have to hold. But I'll do it. So I'm not an assistant. I'm not a photo assistant. But I can do it because I'm here anyway. And I want this to be good. So help each other. And also for the photographer. If you see she's having five bags and she's struggling <laughs> with their suitcases, just go and help her. That's just very basic things. But a lot of people are just standing there and doing nothing and, and just looking on their phone and doing Instagram stories. Oh, how I look today behind the scenes, my makeup chair, whatever. No, stand next to the photographer. Maybe do behind the scenes if that's your job on the set. Like if he asks you, do it. Be helpful. I think that's, that's the key, really. Be there. Don't think about something else. Don't zoom out. I completely agree. All of those things that you said, I can double down. Because, for yes, example, during our photo shoot, I remember you were behind my back the whole time. And this is so important because for a beauty shoot, yeah, the photographer has the face. So if there is something wrong, we are going to notice. But let's talk about a fashion shoot. When we have different clothes, maybe we have some props. If we're on location, that's even harder. We have the light. We have the model. 
We have so many things to think of. If all of these people from the team are behind the photographer's back, it's so much easier. Because I might not see for some reason that her earring, for example, is upside down. But the stylist is going to see this. If there is something wrong with the makeup, the makeup artist is going to see this. If they're standing behind your back, if they're doing some Instagram stories, probably they're going to see it later. When they're just checking how many people have seen their story. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it's already too late. Yeah, absolutely. Just work together and don't stand in the way though. Like, yeah. you know, try to be a little bit more invisible, transparent, but be there if they need to be there. If you can't because you have too many models, get an assistant. I have two and I love them to death. If I need someone, I have them. If I have to do the makeup, there's at least one human looking at the makeup <laughs> if everything's fine. <laughs> it doesn't have to be an official assistant. It can be even a friend that's interested in makeup or styling and just ask them to be there and to help you if they're like five models or I don't know. And a person who knows how to observe. That's also true. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's something you have to learn. Uh, I learned a lot of that set etiquette through assisting other makeup artists, sometimes big ones, sometimes not that big ones. You, you learn so much through assisting. And that's why I like shows as well, by the way, because you're pretty much assisting someone. Do you remember your first assignment as assistant? And how did you get this opportunity? So it was for a quite big makeup artist in London and it was for Wonderland magazine. It was an exclusive yeah. story for Burberry and it was a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got it because I just wrote the makeup artist that I admired a lot and like just on Instagram and I asked her if there's any chance to assist her and she was like, yes, just write my agent and that's how, how it just happened and it oh happened very quick. So cool. Yes, yes. And now I'm, I'm not her first, but I'm definitely maybe her second or third, depends. And whenever she needs someone, she, she would just call me. I was very nervous. <laughs> I wouldn't sleep all night long and just thinking, what should I do and how? And because I've never done it, I didn't know. But you learn on set and there's usually always their first assistant or they would tell you what to do and what they like, what they don't like. Sometimes when I assist bigger people, they send me a list, all those things, and you just have to learn it. And yeah, that's how it usually works. And you said that you've been assisting as a makeup artist, and you said you're yeah. not a photography assistant. <laughs> But I know by experience that you're very aware of light and even optics. How did you learn those? Mm -hmm. Honestly, just from being on set and just watching the photographer doing things and asking. Usually what I would do is just... I'm not a spy, <laughs> but I would just ask the photographer why you do those things that you do and why your camera options are the way set that they are. And most photographers are very happy to explain that to you. They're not making a secret out of it. And they're like, oh, it's because of this and this and this. And I'm not interested in being a photographer, obviously. I'm a makeup artist, but I think it's very important as a makeup artist. That's a good advice, I think, is just to learn a bit about cameras and about light, especially light, because light is, it's everything. It's, it's my job. <laughs> True, <laughs> Without yeah. light, I wouldn't be, do would be doing all that stuff. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that's a good advice to give to makeup artists. Just learn, learn about those things. They're very helpful. That's how you can be even a photo assistant. I have done that before, actually, on set. <laughs> 
wow. Yeah, just because I was interested and because I wanted to learn about that. And I think that makes a good artist as well, just to know what's happening. Yeah, it's a good way to learn. I have some friends, photographers, that have been assisting as stylists, which I think is yeah, also I'll cool because you can learn a lot about the teamwork. And teamwork, I think, is the key for this because many people are not seeing this but I think it's very important. For example, I was invited for a big exhibition and mm -hmm. they told me that it's going to be written my name and this and this and this and that. And I was like, guys, is there a text for my team? And they were like, oh, we're <laughs> thinking about that. And I said, okay, if you want me to be part of this exhibition, because there are also a lot of photographers in it, if you want me to be part of this exhibition, there will be also text with my team. If there is not, just don't count me in because I cannot do this final image without my team. So sorry about that. Yes, I definitely. don't want to sound pretentious, but that's the reality. So teamwork is very important. And I was wondering, do you have a permanent team that you love to work with? I have a few, let's say, I can even count them on my one hand, photographers that I'm working constantly with and they're even good friends of mine, and that I just love to death. <laughs> and I'm very loyal to those. But I'm not someone who works with only this person. Oh, no I think it's, be. Um, that's true, but unfortunately that happens a lot. It does. And it always upsets me when they start talking about those things that usually they wouldn't work with me because they have their... I mean, you know, it's good you have your main makeup artist, but be open and... I feel like you can't develop as an artist if you work always at the exact same environment with the yeah. exact same people. Because you have exactly the same ideas. Exactly. And you probably know what happens when you do that all the time. It always ends up being very similar to what you did before. Oh, I'm trying not to do this because I've seen it before with my colleagues. So I'm really trying to avoid that. But you know it happens. And I know yeah. many people that do that. And it's because you work in this environment and you're not stepping out of your comfort zone. So mm -hmm. work with new people. If you like someone's work, just write them and be like, hey, can we do something together? I have met good friends of mine just because of that. For example, you. <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> you were very brave. Guys, you're not aware what happened between us. It sounds like we have a relationship, but... It's something like a relationship. <laughs> yeah, it is a relationship. It's just not intimate. One. It is not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sophie approached me about a year ago. And back then, many people were writing to me. They said, okay, next year, if you're around, we're going to see if it's going to work. And that was it. And one year later, Sophie did not forget about that. So she wrote me again that she's around me and she's in my area and she wants to shoot with me. So I was like, okay, probably this girl is serious one. So let's try it. Let's give it a try. And we did try. It was so intuitive. Yeah, it's true. From my side of the story, I was in Bulgaria for a few uh, weeks and I didn't want to do nothing. So that's why I was looking for photographers around that area. And that's how I, how I found you. I just thought like maybe I could give it a go. And while I'm there anyway, we can meet up. And that, that's what happened. And I think 
we had a great time together and we have some very, very nice projects coming up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Sophie, I started loving you from the very minute I saw you once we started working with each other. And I believe people that are listening to us started loving you from the very minute they started listening to this podcast. <laughs> You're so amazing. Thank you for being part of this show because it was amazing conversation. Thank you so, so much for having me. It's a huge honor and I love talking to you and I hope I could help someone out and just inspire someone. I think that's so important to inspire each other. Thank you. Thank you so much. I bet you learn a lot from this podcast. If so, let us know. Leave us an honest review on iTunes and find us on Facebook where you can join our group called The Fashion Photography Podcast and be part of our community. If you want to submit your fashion editorial, go to judefashionmagazine.com and neverlandmag.com where you can also find our previous podcasts. Thank you so much for being with me today and I'll see you next Wednesday.